0: All right. Welcome, everybody. So glad you're here. It's an exciting day, and uh, we got a lot to cover, so we're going to get right into it. Um, Not the preaching quite yet, but um, we have some exciting news that I want to present to you guys. And uh, and let you guys know about um, God is doing so much in our church right now. It's actually incredible. Like I'm almost like, um, you know, drinking out of a fire hose as as God is just continuing to to pour out His blessing and and just surprise us with great and wonderful things that He's doing. Um, incredible things. Um, and you guys see it. Uh, Amen. I mean, just to see as He's working even in through people. Um, he blows me away. and uh, as we're praying, as we're hearing, as we're dreaming, as we're praying for opportunities, as we're taking courage, as we're praying for open and closed doors, and as we're trusting him and making much of him and all that he does along the way, um, and being a- and asking him to to be used by him to to build his kingdom and um, and as we forget about our kingdom as best we can, and uh, just kind of with reckless abandon, focus on his. Um, this has got to be one of the most fruitful and exciting seasons, I think, that we've ever had in the existence of our church. And I'm just watching tangibly, like God do miracles all the time, and uh, which are normal for him, and they're miracles for us, right? Miracles are not miracles. I remember in seminary when we learned about miracles, they're only miracles to us, right? They're normal uh, to God. And so, um, in, in working in people's hearts, and working in situations, servants, salvations, and speaking through his word, Um, just to the hearts of his servants. Um, He's been giving us wisdom, his voice, vision that's coming from him, uh, next steps, clarity. Uh, He's continuing to just call upon us uh, taking opportunity and having courage, taking opportunity and having courage, taking opportunity and having courage. And uh, we're watching him come through just like he did with with Esther. I told you guys I read that on my sabbatical. And uh, she just took uh, the opportunity that was presented before her and had courage, and God actually did all the work every time. And so for him, um, he's just raising up people and raising up situations uh, that that we're called to take courage on and he's giving us opportunity. And I'm convinced um, that if we focus on building his kingdom, and uh, if we care a little bit about ours, uh, and by that I mean none about ours, and if we'll just hear from the Lord and tar- start taking steps and trusting Him in different ways, not become distracted by things that are not important, right? That's like the easy way not to take courage and, and face opportunity um, in the Lord, is that you just get distracted by the normalcy of life and what goes on in our everyday life. Um, and if we won't wait until everything's figured out, but if we'll, because if we wait till everything's figured out, we wait forever. Ever, right because nothing ever seems to be figured out uh, but we take steps and pray I believe that we will not only watch God come through but that he will get glory for it and his kingdom will advance so with that being said one of the biggest things that we've continued to pray for are our students especially in the um, in this area uh, you know especially in this area of course in, in the community but also in uh, as the as one of the greatest areas in our church most important areas um, in our church of course we have about eighty children in children's ministry on a regular basis. Like people come into our church that have like more people, and, um, and and they say, "How many kids do y'all have?" And I'm like, maybe somewhere around eighty, give or take, on any given Sunday. You know, sometimes like sixty is, is what's there, but if everyone was there, we wouldn't be able to fit. And they're like eighty children, right? Like, And eventually those are going to grow up to be students. But I mean that as we th- think about our students, I mean 6th to 12th graders currently and future 6th to 12th graders. And uh, we believe God definitely moved us to this place for a purpose for students. Um, we we as, as a church are moving forward and caring for them and ministering to them. But as you think about even in this particular place, Mandeville High, like you could throw a, a stone uh, and, and hit it, right? In our backyard, in our, in our front yard and our backyard, in a sense, right? For a reason. And we believe that God gave us all these children who will become students for a reason, and we believe that God led us to this area for a reason for students. And and this is a major area of need just in our community, right? God intends to use us this way. Let me just tell you some information about students. The North Shore, Mandeville, Covington, uh, Madisonville, Slidell, etc., has the highest suicide rate in the entire state. I don't know if you guys know that. It's also one of the absolute highest in the entire nation. Um, it's higher than the national average. And the two camps where the majority of suicide takes place uh, is, is really just particularly, it's, it's kind of it's strange and eerie as you look at, at where these two camps have, have come from that the majority of the suicide happens in. And there's really only two camps, and it's the average of 50-year-old males right, Um, that have lived a life of of whatever pursuing their own dream, and then at the end realize it's, or maybe midway through, realize that it's it's not satisfying, which speaks to the fleeting identity of spending a lifetime accumulating wealth only to be empty. It's 50-year-old males and it's students. Students, 50-year-old males and students, without fail that those are the two camps, 6th to 12th graders. And as many of you guys know, from all of the foster care information, right? In addition to suicide, we also see the foster information because we're privy to that because we have so many families in the foster care system that we've heard from Crossroads uh, as they've presented to us. But the amount of foster needs on the North Shore far exceeds the South Shore. You might not know that. And of course, of course, right, um, that it's some of the hardest to care for are those that are not babies in the foster care system. Right? Because many of the people, many of the students in the foster care system, they they want to take care of of children and have an ability to, to kind of raise them up. The families do. Students are hard. Right, it's hard to take in a sixth to 12th grader after they've already had a lot of pre-established habits. Um, It's a high level investment that's required. The results also in high level of depression, future hopelessness, trouble in those teens. In addition to this, you have the majority of children who grow up in the faith under their parents walk away at some point from the faith in their teens. This is kind of the third big aspect for us. That if you think about students who even grow up in a Christian home, think about this. The majority of them will walk away in their teenage years. The majority of them will determine at some point in their teens that this Christian stuff is unattractive, that the world becomes louder and more true and more attractive, and all the built-up resentment that they had for the protected lifestyle that Christian mommy and daddy gave them, right, is is now starting to build up and they don't want to do it anymore. The doubts that they've actually had inside all along, they come up in the bucket. And when they walk away, this is when we see trouble happen, and this is honestly when their attendance of church drops. When they are able to make decisions, when they are able to do um, to, to do things like this instead of just kind of listen to mommy and daddy, and listen, this is when they are introduced also to substance. That's when I was introduced to substance in my teenage years. And this is when parents are put back in the back seat of their level of influence in a child's life. And either another authority, like a coach, or a student pastor, or maybe worse, like other friends, are much louder, right? Much louder, TV is much louder, music is much louder. So in addition to this on the positive end, listen, this is when the faith also of a student may become real. Like, I t- think about my wife. And, and in her lifetime, uh, she would say that at, in her teenage years, she really wrestled with her faith and whether or not it was real, uh, whether or not this was something she believed in. And that was a time in which she made her faith her own. So there's a positive aspect of this, but it's no longer the parent's faith, right? It's theirs. And this is typically what's going to happen. I mean, I could go on and on and on about hormones, pornography, competition, relationships, Identity. I mean, think about this. And on the flip side, I could go on about the amount of missionaries that decided I'm going to give my life to the Lord and his service for my entire life that was decided during their teenage years. Most of the the, the biographies that you'll read will show some kind of heart and life change in teenage years, that this is where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the ends of the earth for the Lord. And and those decisions are made during the teenage years. Don't think that those students can't make decisions that are incredible, right? So in light of all of this we've prayed I mean I remember specific days of discussion and prayer for this area of ministry I'm so glad that God raised up Josh where's Josh is he in this room in the back there I looked at Nathan because they looked so much alike um, but uh, God raised Josh up and 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 he has such a passion for this ministry right like think about this Josh was was serving in this way at, at, in any capacity that he could with his dad and as you think about this i mean you you see the passion that josh has for for reaching and and investing in students at a high level. His wife, Misty, right, now married, right? Give him a round of applause. And then you think about Josh and Brittany, um, who have invested highly in our students and love them well, and our students look up to them, think they're the coolest people in all the world, right? Get to go to their house, um, and uh, who literally daydream. I mean, I talked to Josh and he daydreams about families. He daydreams about students. He daydreams about how to invest in this area. I think about Dakota, who started the work of our initial efforts towards students in the very beginning, Kirsty, who's helped us a lot, and then all the volunteers, the incredible team. I mean, I can go on. Donovan, Hannah, Andy, Bree, and all the parents that have invested and all of the parents who have given time, volunteers to serve in this area. And so listen, and God has provided a vision for finders. He's defi- provided for us a different vision than the typical youth group. I mean, family discipleship, incorporating parents. Uh, how do we re- then reach even the 21st century orphan if we are focused on family discipleship. I mean, all of this. God is all over this. So listen, so it's been funny. We've been praying for over time, God, to expand us in this way, for us to, to, to think about how we can invest and, and even make a, an identity for students. Because honestly, as, as we think about this over the course of time, we, we've prayed because we want, uh, we want an identity that's permanent for our students, a space maybe even that would be permanent. And we started praying. And I remember as we've discussed this we're dreaming of this and uh, we started just praying that God would give us an identity, a space for our students to be to feel at home to be a safe place, to be a, a retreat for this area for these students we've dreamt about a lot of spaces to be honest with you which we'll give you over the course of time right we've dreamt about coffee shops about recovery ministry uh, and maybe we'll just take this whole place one day right and uh, and we'll start a little community over here that God Will redeem. But at the same time, we've been desperately praying for a student space. And you guys get where I'm headed. But long story short, out of nowhere, our landlords approach us. And Josh Miller, who typically has a presence here in our building throughout the week, right, uh, had they, they first approached Josh with a pretty t- a serious discussion. And then Laura met with this lady named Tiffany, and and we've been in communication, and so on and so forth. And God, just in this, um, decided to say, hey, the people next door at Robin Realty, they would like to not finish out their contract, and their rent is cheap, and would you like to take it over? As we're praying for student space, as we're praying for a permanent location for them, as we're praying for an identity, which needs pretty much no retrofit except knocking down walls and putting up walls, right? Like no, no uh, uh, fire suppression, no ripping out ceilings, right? no, no grinding floors, nothing. Put down walls, uh, put up walls, one wall, really, the way in which we're going to design it, paint it, and put some signs up and make it cool right? And, uh, and so they come and, and approach us, and it's cheap, and it coincides with our current contract. It's two years. We're in this building almost a year. We have two years left. I mean, I could go on, and as we begged God, here's what I, perm- what I actually begged God for. Please stop it. Like, that's what I normally do. Like, when we planted this church, majority of my prayers, 95% of the time, were God don't do it, right? Please stop it because then I know that if God's opening those doors, like, it's Him, and He flung those doors wide open. So, drum roll please, we will be renting next door and creating our very own space for our student ministry. We believe that this will be a home base, a feeling of safety, a presence in our community, a place for families to even see as they show up and see a big old finder sign outside how much we value students. Families who come to our church for the first time, not to mention um, even uh, a lot of the people throughout the week, seeing um, our investment in our students. Um, And uh, and 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 side note, but I'm happy about it. A lot less work for Josh Seal as he transforms this place once a week on Tuesday night. Right, this place goes. uh, in every direction, sorry, throughout the week um, when picking up chairs and putting down chairs, cleaning floors, and uh, students, they don't, they don't uh, prevent dropping crumbs on the floor, okay? They don't care too much about it. So here's what we want to do. Um, we want to have our beloved work days. Everyone give it a round of applause. Yes. Yes. Listen, those people, people dread our work days, uh, you know, th- we, we think back like they're awful, but you want to know what? They were actually wonderful. That's what brought such camaraderie between our church. You guys will love them. They're not awful, and you guys know it. I'm serious. These, these church days bring us together um, like we haven't been brought together before. And as a church, listen, this is what we want to do. We want to raise $40,000. We want to raise 40000 And here's what I would ask you. In addition to your normal tithe, I would ask you to give your heart out. Give your heart out because, listen, this is what is, is, is enormous for the kingdom of God that we could advance this student space that people would see, that students would see, that they would have an identity. And, listen, $40,000 will cover an entire year's worth of rent, an entire year's worth. We only have two, right? This is no risk. Plus, it will cover retrofit. And retrofit, nothing like before, right? Uh, As I told you, no ceiling work. Some of you guys still have nightmares about the fluffy, snuggly, pink fiberglass, right? Insulation that you love so much, okay? And that's still in your throat. You're going to sue us in like 10 years, right? For, uh, for some skin disease that you have because of this fiberglass. No ceiling work, no sprinkler work, no floor work, no fire suppression work. And, um, and so listen, if there's a fire, we'll just, it's already in there. We'll blame the students if it does happen. Uh, just kidding. Listen, we're, all of this stuff is done because it's already been occupied. And so the Lord in his providence makes a space look beautiful and puts great floors down. All of that, of which we don't do anything about. And then when it's all done and paid for, the Lord puts us in there. Like, really. And, and that's just the truth. And all we're doing is knocking down, putting up, and beautification. And so, listen, in God's word, we consider free will offerings beyond your faithful and regular tithe. So, this space becomes ours August 1st. Okay? Like, literally, they, we, we said we'll take it. And they called us like the next day. Okay, we're out. Right, like they want to get out of the space, right? It comes, ours, it comes ours in three days. If you want the keys, we'll give you one. You can go in there as much as you want. And listen, we will have an official workday as a church um, on August 10th. Okay, So save the date. Our staff will get in there even earlier. So if you guys want to get in there with us and, and start helping us um, you know, throughout your week, if you, if you have some time off or whatever, please call us. We'll get in there. And what we want to do is we want to make the grand opening of our student space, the third birthday of our church, September 15th. All right. <clears throat> So listen, on the, so save the date for this birthday celebration. It'll be our three years as a church. Um, we're excited to celebrate this. Put it on your calendar. Don't go out of town. And um, whatever you do, start inviting your friends. We'll get you guys some invite cards and everything like that. But what we want to do during that day is set up for our service potluck, like our, our church potluck um, after service in that space. So people can just have a walk through and uh, then come eat in here. And uh, we will have this after the church. So church, let's praise the Lord for just what he's provided. Also, thank you in advance for your cheerful giving. Um, We really do ask that you um, beg God uh, to to give you a number that pushes you a little bit, right? That even maybe makes it hurt just a little bit to give towards that. I want to tell you that the fund is open now. Um, We would like to raise this by September 9th, okay? By September 9th, is that the right date? Yeah, September 9th. And so we would like to raise it by then, but it's open now. And we just pray that the Lord would move you to give towards this. As we see a permanent place for our students, it's on PushPay. There you see a little drop-down tab that says student building. Um, if you never use PushPay, you can text the number on the screen um, when it comes up, and, and, uh, and, you got, and it'll set, you'll follow directions to set it up. But let's blow this out of the water, right? And this is not about the space. I want to make it very, very clear. This is about a simple tool to accomplish a mission, right? Sometimes the the, the one in the ward needs to use a pea shooter, and sometimes the one in the ward needs to use a tank. Either way, all used for the gospel to go forth for us. Um, So I imagine hundreds of families, thousands of salvations, potential lives of students could literally be changed forever. Let's pray and dedicate this to the Lord. I want to pray over our regular faithfulness and our tithing. And uh, as we're about to give together and worship the Lord, but also pray for our um, student space and that you would give to it and uh, pray for our service as well. Um, and uh, we see in Psalm 3410, a great encouragement, the young lion suffers want and hunger. But listen, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Be confident. The Lord will provide everything that you need as you, be, as you are faithful to him. So let's pray. Save the date of our birthday. And uh, let's pray over the student space and over our regular offering. Father, we come before you. And God, we are so, so excited about what's going to take place. I think about my own kids. I think about the students, the the children we have now. I think about even the excitement of our current students as they even walk into their very own space, like having a new bedroom in the house. And I pray, God, that you would change lives forever. I pray that 50-year-old people would look back And they would say, my life was changed as a middle school, high school student by the field church, by God, through the field church, through a a student pastor named Josh and, and all of the leaders that cared for me. It was a safe place for me. God, I pray that you would do something incredible, that your spirit would be there. And God, even though simply a place, God, your spirit present, moving through your word in the hearts of students. God, we want to change the suicide rate. We want to change the, the, the discouraging statistics about those without families. We want to catch students before they pursue the American dream and give them a better dream in advancing of, of your mission. I pray, God, that as we give towards that in the coming weeks, months, I just pray, Lord, that you would burden our hearts that there could be nothing more worth giving to. God, I pray that you would burden us. I pray that as, as we invest in this, God, that we would know that we've invested into the kingdom of God and we would, we would feel satisfied. We invest in cars, we invest in houses, we invest in trips. Help us to see this is far more worth our investment. God, I pray for our offering now as we give faithfully in our tithe, that you would use it to even go make us able to do things around the world that we could only dream of as we're praying through so many things, Bible translations, missions, our work in Argentina, et cetera. God, that you would use our giving towards that. And God, we pray for our birthday. I pray that it would be such a celebration that we wouldn't even be able to contain it I pray we'd have to open the doors. People would need to sit in the hallways. People would need to sit on the patio. We would need to make it cool if that happens. That we would have to, to see you do incredible things because you're the only one who can do them. God, I pray for our service now, and we ask your blessings over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this resource from the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. We pray that it helps you joyfully make Jesus Christ your treasure.